Let's talk some more big picture macro. Joining us, our guest, Rick Bookstamer, with his first time here on the program, is the founder and head of Risk at Fabric, also the former chief risk officer at Morgan Stanley, Solomon Brothers, and Bridgewater. It's great to have you here on the show, Rick. Uh, first, introduce us to what you're doing at Fabric. What is that? Uh, so Fabric is risk management focused on financial advisors. Uh, you know, most of my career has been in the institutional space, and I want to bring institutional level risk management into the uh, wealth management community. Okay, so right now, when you're managing risk, what to you is flashing lights? How does one manage risk in a market where it seems you don't even need to? You just go along equities and watch the money print. Yeah, that's... Uh, 95 percent of the time that's what's going to happen and my focus is that five percent uh w which actually means that most of the time i'm warning about something and it doesn't seem to be occurring but if it does occur uh you've got a big problem so right now rick what do you think uh, the average uh, uh, you know investment advisor or uh the type of client that you're going to be working with where is their exposure uh from a risk perspective are they too over levered tech uh, do they uh, are they too over levered duration or bonds where do you kind of see similarities in where folks might be exposed uh well first of all overall uh one of the problems is the market's very concentrated so uh, if you look at the top 10 stocks in the S&P, they make up about 25% of the market cap. If you look at the NASDAQ, it's just about double that. So if something happens, you've got a lot of people trying to rush out of the market at the same time. And in terms of leverage, you know, there's standard leverage measures. And actually there, we're at a all time high. If you look at margin debt, less free cash flow balances, that's as high as it's been. But more important than that is people are out ahead of their skis in terms of household exposure to equities. Uh, if you look at percent of equity exposure versus total financial assets across households, it's also at an all-time high. So uh, if there's a problem in the market, uh, there's going to be a lot of people uh, who either because of actual margin debt and forced selling or because of people being overexposed relative to their actual risk tolerance are trying to get out of the market at the same time. Rick, does the margin debt, does that uh, uh, generally move up as equity exposure as we see here as a percent of household financial assets? Uh, do they move in tandem or uh, does that uh, relationship as you compare it to the free cash balance, does that kind of create deviations? Because one thing I just generally think of is if if people own equities and equities are going up and they have some margin, they could have a fixed relative amount of margin that then it goes up as the value of the equities goes up. Is that what's happening or is there something else happening here that is more like a discretionary uh, uh, decision being made where people are, are getting more exposed to risk? It's part of both. Um, obviously, if you have equities and just hold those equities, your percent of financial assets in the market will go up. But also when equities are doing well, the reason they go up is people are trying to accumulate more and more. They're moving out of other assets into equities. That's the supply and demand that leads to the increase. Uh, so people, you know, counting their wealth are seeing the wealth go up both because of appreciation and because they're adding more exposure into the equity portion of their portfolio.
Mm. Now, looking at uh, this, I mean, some would argue that uh, people generally should just own more stock, that uh, part of the reason we've kind of had this dispersion between rich and poor in America is that there's certain people who have been able to have exposure to risk assets. I mean, is, is there should be a should the floor kind of move up generally or has it just moved up too quickly uh, and in a way that then exposes those in an expensive market? Uh the proportion, there's a huge discrepancy and a growing discrepancy uh, between the have stocks and have not stocks. Uh, so wealth at this point has really moved more and more into the direction of people who can afford to take some of their income or ha who have wealth and can put it into the equity market. Uh, in a way, this, this is a negative, obviously, from a, a bifurcation of society standpoint. It's a positive in another sense because the people who could least afford uh, to see a drop in their wealth if there is a downturn in the market hmm. also tend to be the ones who are the least exposed. Hmm. Now, Rick, uh, as you point out the kind of three major risks, I teased into this, so you describe the market as, uh, if you think about the market or the economy, it's kind of a nightclub and a fire marshal comes in and does a test. They're looking for crowds, the number of exits, and the flammability. So you've described here the crowding and the number of exits uh, as we look at a market that's become very concentrated and people who have gotten very crowded into this. What about the flammability side? Many say that right now there's no identifiable, uh, identifiable leverage in the same manner that we got in, in 08 or uh, even in, in dot com with the uh, amount of uh, just uh, ridiculous kind of non-profitable companies. I mean, uh, that everybody was in. Where's the leverage today? Like where are the threads tied and the dominoes lined up? So first of all, you know, 2000 is a great comparison. And if you look at the metrics that matter for risk in the market, they all are at or above where they were during the peak of the 2000.com bubble, mm -hmm. uh, which is not very uh, good news. And of course we had this huge run up then as well. So, you know, I look at things, I'm sort of a glass half empty sort of a, a guy. That's what you end up being if you're in risk management. And I, I'm not trying to predict the market and say it's going to crash, but I'm saying it is very vulnerable. And if an event occurs, uh, it could cause problems. So just going through uh, three dimensions of risk, and, and you've mentioned them, and, and the nightclub analogy I like a lot that if the risk of, of problems if uh, you have a right of nightclub is big crowds, small exits to get out, and high flammability, so you don't have a lot of time to get out. Well, the big crowds are there in the market, as I already mentioned, there's a lot of concentration, actually more concentration right now in the top stocks than we had in 2000. Uh, in terms of flammability, the, the speed with which people either need to get out or are going to want to get out. That's the leverage, either direct leverage through margin debt or implied leverage because people are more highly exposed to equities than the risk tolerance normally would suggest. And so that leaves the last part of the equation, which is, okay, fine. There's a lot of people who want to get out. Uh, they need to get out or they want to get out very fast. How big are the exits? That's the liquidity. Uh, 
And liquidity is very difficult to manage because of course, day to day liquidity looks like just fine. Uh, the question that we can't really measure until it occurs is when everybody is crowding into that exit at the same time, what happens? And we know that in real life, the exit may allow people to come in and out with ease, but when there's a stampede, the exit gets jammed. Mm. Uh, right now, liquidity is extraordinarily high uh, at a macro level because of Fed policy, uh, which started in March of 2020, when there was really a breathtaking level of kind of liquidity provider of last resort through a number of uh, different avenues. Uh, does that continue? If we have a market break at this point, will the Fed step up and provide on an ongoing basis liquidity that's necessary? I think mm. that's a big question. And that's uh, one area where the risk is particularly high. I like the point about liquidity and, and concentration well made here to hone in the, on the leverage component, to come back to your point as you described the kind of direct leverage, the observable leverage in terms of maybe just exposure, a way to put it, uh, as you mentioned, the margin debt, uh, to some extent, a, a leverage there, right, where losses can compound uh, if you are too, uh, you know, in debt and, and trading on debt. Uh, but what about the sort of unknown potential leverage? I mean, it sounds like what we're describing, again, is a much more dot-com type risk as opposed to an 08 risk where there was leverage in products that were misunderstood that then multiplied losses on the downside. Do you see anything like that, Rick, that we're missing when we look at the broad market that could exacerbate and accelerate losses to the extent that we've had in crises in the past? Yeah, so there's problems with cascade and they come from two sources. There's leverage liquidity cascades, which are a very clear dynamic that occurs a lot of the time. Uh, people are forced to sell. Their selling pushes prices down more. They crowd the exit, which makes the market less liquid at the same time that because prices have dropped, yet more people are going to the exit, which leads prices to uh, the markets have even less liquidity, and so you get this downward spiral. That's kind of uh, Cascade 101. Uh, the second source of Cascade is adjustments uh, in prices on a fundamental side, because uh, uh, you know, looking at price earnings ratios, and of course, we know those are extremely high right now. Uh, the median PE is at or near an all-time high by a number of different measures, and people will argue that that's because interest rates are so low, but there's strong reasons why that argument is not a very strong one to make. But you can look at other measures as well. Uh, so, you know, the median PE is very high, but also if you look at issuance, where you're kind of getting inside the mind of the corporations and the CEOs, issuance, whether it's IPOs or it's uh, seasoned, you know, secondary issuance, is also at an all-time high. Uh, and uh, what this is, uh, you know, another uh, component of uh, an indication that maybe the markets have high valuation. Um, because obviously, if you're a, a company and you say, I know my company and I know the valuation 
And this is, I may as well, you know, get it while the going is good. Uh, you see issuance very high. Really like uh, the context here about the issuance uh, as well. And there as the supply comes on. Uh, line to satisfy this demand that has been building. Rick, a really interesting look at the market. Appreciate you bringing it to us and looking forward to checking in with you as uh, uh, Fabric builds out the business. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Rick Bookstaber is the founder and head of risk at Fabric.